Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on the eve of the start of the CFL season on Fight Week and just a few moments before the start of Game 3 of the NBA Finals. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you all very much for tuning in today. Coming up on the show, it is going to be one of those bouncing around type of ones as we look at a CFL preview. Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Um, a bit of a discussion about UFC cards in general and the bullshit that happened with Live Golf. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv slash primetime pk and you can email the show couch potato diary at yahoo.com so uh thank you all so much for downloading thank you all so much for listening and uh let's get on with the show hi i'm kim carson and i'm peter klein and this is we had no idea a podcast about world events that you know about but might have fallen asleep for during history class or social studies however you learned history in high school each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history so whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, let's start with the CFL as the Canadian Football League kicks off this weekend uh, with four games, starting with BC Lions against the Calgary Stampeders coming up uh, this weekend. Not going to do a, a full team-by-team -team breakdown or anything like that. Hoping to have uh, some fun CFL stuff coming your way a little bit later on in the season. But uh, for now, we are going to do what we traditionally do with these, and that is do our over-under predictions. Um, now, I will say, for whatever reason, the over-under for the Ottawa Red Blacks is not up on the website that I am using, uh, so that's a little bit frustrating, but we will get over it. All right, let's start in the CFL's West Division, the BC Lions win total. This is in no particular order, um, by the way. Uh, let's get the pen out so we can write all these down, shall we? The BC Lions total coming in at nine and a half. I do not get the trepidation around BC. Okay, well, I kind of get it. Um, Vernon Adams uh, is not Nathan Rourke, right? Like, the, the dude was the best player in the CFL last season. And while I can understand that, I also, I don't, like... I think Vernon Adams is actually, when he is at his best, is not a, a massive step down. The issue with Vernon Adams is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Well, he's healthy. Um, the, the They just absolutely rocked the preseason. So I don't understand, like, uh, unless you are predicting injury, which there, there could be one, um, I think that Vernon Adams helps lead this BC Lions team. I, I think the Lions did a really good job of building around Nathan Rourke and putting a team there to allow him to ease into the Canadian Football League. They, they did so successfully. Um, I think they're going to be able to put it around Vernon Adams. I think that when he is right, he can be the most talented quarterback in the CFL. I did not stutter. So I'm going to go BC Lions over nine and a half wins uh, for that one. The Calgary Stampeders total is at nine and a half. I, this is one I really don't get. Um, I think that Mayor is quite overrated, I think, by Stamps people a little bit. Um, I think that this is a team that refuses to try to take a step back, which is admirable. But I just don't think they have the horses this year. Pun kind of intended. Wasn't planning on that, but as it was rolling, we just went with it. Um, I, I don't, like, I, I, I don't think Mayor is the worst quarterback in the league. Not... He's not far from it, though. Um, I, I just, like, the, the rest of this team has some quality on it, and th there's this is obviously a quality organization. But their total is a 9.5. This is not a 10-win football team. So, to, to me, it is an easy under 9.5 on uh, on the Stampeders. For Edmonton, uh, it, it's plain and simple. Like, they, they made a bunch of changes. It's year two of Chris Jones. 
I don't trust the quarterback. I just don't. Now, having the going under seven means I think this is a six-win football team. And I feel like they're a little bit better than that. So this isn't going to be one I click on, but I am going to go under seven on Edmonton. I just don't think they're very good. Another one that I am I am thinking is wildly overrated right now. The Hamilton Tiger Cats win total is at 10.5. Bo Levi Mitchell is not a quarterback I trust in 2023. And that is who they are going with right now. I I have major concerns around the quarterback spot with Hamilton. Um, quite frankly, I think they would have been better off sticking with Dane Evans and just trying to see that one through. I think that this is... This is really buying into one good half that this guy had a football basically all of last season. So there is no buy-in for me on Hamilton. I will gladly take the over on 10.5. Or, sorry, take the under. Sorry, 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 sorry. Ooh, boy, almost clicked the wrong thing. I will gladly take the under on 10.5 on Hamilton. Um, this is just the order that these are in on the website, by the way. Montreal, their total is at seven and a half. I actually think Montreal is going to be all right this year. I think Cody Fajardo was really banged up going into last year. I think that he is going to be able to get back on track. And I think in a year where obviously I'm thinking the East is down a little bit, um, I, I think Montreal actually has some value. So I'm going to go over seven and a half team. I think this is a team that could finish right around 500. Saskatchewan, their win total is at seven. They bring in Trevor Harris. Uh, they just had an absolute death march to the end of the season last year. I don't know if they fully improved as much as they needed to. Um, and you are in a conference, or in a division, sorry, with Winnipeg and BC. So the wins aren't going to be there. But I think this team wins more than six games this year. I'm going to go over seven on Saskatchewan. Uh, the, neither of those are going to be ones that I click, however. Toronto, uh, their total is set at... Uh, nine and a half. It all comes down to the quarterback. Uh, Kelly had a, a real great, great cup, which is phenomenal, but we're, we're buying into one game on him. The, the thing is, though, like I've just shit-talked Hamilton. I don't buy into Montreal. Uh, maybe I buy into Montreal a little bit. I guess I'm going over seven and a half. Um, Ottawa is a train wreck. So... Who, who else is there? Like, th th we're just going to have a bunch of ties? So I think Toronto gets the over just based off of how bad the division is. And lastly, Winnipeg, their total is set at 12 and a half. They're the best team in the league. Uh, don't don't question it. Just, just go over. Like, 13 is high. 13 is really high. But I, I think that Winnipeg does get to that. So uh, there you go. Just a, uh, a quick run through some future plays in the world of the Canadian Football League here this season. Uh, it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. We'll get into a couple prediction-type things at the end of the show when we get to today's ticket. Uh, switching gears now, it is Game 3 of the NBA Finals, and th there's a lot of talk around what Miami was able to do to Jokic in Game 2, and we talked about it on this show earlier this week. I think the one thing that people are kind of leaving out is Denver missed a bunch you know, like Miami had a great game plan, uh, blah, 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 but Denver missed a bunch of really good looks. And like, I, I think we've seen Murray's worst game of the playoffs. I have to believe Aaron Gordon's going to figure out the mystery of Kevin Love. And I, I just don't think that Michael Porter Jr. is going to be this bad for the entirety of the finals. So I think Denver has a, a real chance to, to bounce back in this game. Uh, I think they are too smart of a team, too smart of an organization to be really thrown off by that. You look at it, like Butler was good late. Obviously, he didn't have a great game. But, like, Martin played phenomenal. 
Um, Strews played really well. Duncan Robinson played well. And still, Denver had a shot with Murray, with Gordon, and with Porter Jr. playing probably their worst games of the series. Uh, Porter Jr., I guess that's debatable, uh, debatable. But with those guys playing their worst game of the series, they still had a shot at the end of the game to tie it. So I, I just don't... I think we're overreacting to what we've seen from Miami throughout the entire playoffs and kind of throwing away Denver's ability to adapt and Denver's ability to adjust. So I, I think Denver comes away with a, a pretty convincing win in this one. I I just, again, I, I think we're... we're Kind of, we're picking and choosing what we're remembering from this entire playoff run. Um, there's a real discussion that needs to be had about the UFC cards. I, I saw a, a tweet that we are now coming up on a time where there is going to be a UFC fight every week for the next four months. That's entirely too many. Uh, all right, let's see. June 10th, Nunez against Aldana. June 17th, Vittoria against Cannoneer. June 24th, Emmett against Teporia. July 1, uh, Strickland against Magomedov. July 8th, Volkanovski against Rodriguez. July 15th, home against Silva. July 22nd, Aspinall against Tybura. July 29th, uh, Poirier against uh, Gaethje. Oh, and then we have a break. August 12th, uh, there is a UFC fight night. Luque against Dos Anjos. But that's August. You know, like that's, that's August. So... It's been a bit, or it's going to be a while. Uh, there was a UFC card last weekend with Karakara France against Albazi, uh, then on the 20th. So there was a bit of a break there as well um, with, between the Dern Hill fight and the Karakara France Albazi fight. But that's insane. And like this UFC pay per view here this weekend, I'm, I'm still going to buy it because it's people punching each other. So that's going to be fun. Um, this is a dreadful card. Like this is, if they put this on on a fight night card, we would be saying, yeah, it's a two-fight card. You know, like, that's... Th th this is a good fight night card. And, look, we're, we're never going to get back to... There's one pay-per-view and one fight night card a month. Um, we're obviously never going to get back to that. But this is ridiculous. And it, it doesn't really matter for the UFC because half of those cards that I listed off there are at the UFC Apex. They're at, uh, the Vittori Cannoneer is at the Apex, Strickland Magomedov is at the Apex, and Home Against Silva is at the UFC Apex. So they don't have to worry about selling tickets. All they are doing is filling space. But this is something that has been talked about for a long time. You start to train your audience to not care and to pick and choose, they're going to eventually pick none of them. And they're going to choose other things. I don't think the UFC is, like, all of a sudden... Uh, here comes Bellator. Like, they're not going to kill the sport. It's too big to fail. But they're sure trying hard to. Um, like, I, I think I said it last week. Like, if you just paired Nunez Aldana uh, along with Oliveira against Benil Dariush, you put Vittori against Cannoneer on there as well, and then it, it's starting to round out a little bit. Like, I feel like if you just had half of the cards and combined them all, you, you would have you would have something really good, but it's just like, th this is, I think easily the worst pay-per-view of the year so far for the ultimate fighting championship. And of course it's the one I'm home for. So that's super, but it's a combination of, I mean, look like that. There's a bunch of stars and a lot of those fights that I listed off, I'm kind of excited about. And to be honest with you, a couple of them, like all due respect to the, the fighting capabilities of Marvin Vittori and Jared Cannonier. Kind of happy they're on an Apex show that I can probably just skip. But that's the thing. We, we talked, it's been talked about a lot. And the first time I heard this discussion was on um, SureDog, way, way back in the day when the SureDog radio network was a thing. Um, you have 
like before a hardcore MMA fan, obviously every UFC, you watched every pride, you went to whatever weird back alley show you had at your uh, particular location and you found something weird and foreign to watch. Then we kind of progressed and it was, you know what? Hardcore MMA fan is watching every UFC show. They're watching every Strike Force show, including Strike Force Challengers, and they're watching basically every Axis TV show. And if you happen to be around uh, in a place where you could find some fights, you would go to them, um, and then you would pop in on the the random ones that like Sure Dog used to have or MMA Junkie would have. Like you you would pop in on those ones. Now a hardcore MMA fan is watching every UFC fight. You know, like, that's what some of these cards feel like. Some of these cards feel like what a, a Strike Force Challengers was back in the day, or what an Axis TV fight was. Like, I, keeping up with the UFC and then trying to a little bit with Bellator and PFL, I can't remember the last time I even thought about checking in on uh, a random regional MMA show on, like, Fight Pass or something, and there's all these fights available, and there's so much talent out there, and the sport is growing, but it's just... It's a lot, man. It really is a lot. Um, so anyway, UFC 289 this weekend, we're going to have, now that I've shit-talked it, we are going to have a look at Amanda Nunez's legacy coming up tomorrow, and we are going to have the full fight breakdown coming up on Friday. Lastly, in the world of golf, uh, Live Golf and the PGA have announced their merger in what was just the, like, lamest Monday... For wrestling fans... Everyone romanticizes the Monday Night War. This was the Monday Night War, but when TNA tried the Monday Night War. Like, popped on for a couple of weeks, it's like, ah, we probably shouldn't do that, and just stopped it. Uh, this is deplorable. And for the PGA to come out and have all of their guys talk about blood money and loyalty and blah, 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 and then the first chance they get, the first bit of adversity they get, they just absolutely fold and give in to, to live. We're still waiting to find out some more of the discussions around this and what what a merger between um the gold excuse me gold standard for professional golf in the world and a show that was on the cw for a week what what a merger between those two companies looks like but this like there's so much to come out from it but the main thing to me is how easily the PGA folded with the slightest bit of adversity. Like, show me that you've had a monopoly for the last 300 years and don't really know what actual competition is like. So, if, like, I mean, now, if I'm anyone with money, oh, yeah, I'll just throw a couple hundred million dollars at uh, some kind of professional golf thing and the PGA is going to pay me to go away. It's just, it's morally deplorable just absolute chicken shit from the PGA, and you feel so bad for the golfers who came out, A, who turned down, like, hundreds of millions of dollars of contracts to go over there, and you didn't have to go over there. Like, you probably had to give golf lessons to someone you wouldn't want to spend a whole lot of time with. But other than that, like, they're playing it, again, deplorable people, but Trump's golf course. You know, like, you're not even traveling all that far to make life-changing money, um, and they turn that down on principles, which you agree with, and it ends up getting thrown back in their face. So just awful, awful, awful stuff from the PGA. And the weird thing, like, for the golf fan, you're probably not going to notice a ton. If you're watching weekly, like, if, if you are someone who is going to sit down and watch the Canadian Open this weekend, then you're probably going to notice a couple of things eventually. But if you're like 98% of the golf-watching universe, you're probably not going to notice a change anyway because all those assholes over at Live were able to come and play the majors anyway. So maybe if you paid super close attention to the Ryder Cup and you watched all of these like 
random events throughout the year, then yeah, you're probably going to notice. Most golf fans probably aren't even going to notice, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, all right, it is now time for today's ticket and we have a big one as the Canadian Football League is back um going to to do this kind of rapid fire here we will start with tonight the Denver Nuggets are underdogs against the Miami Heat or sorry they are slight favorites now uh against the Miami Heat uh I thought I saw an underdog number but maybe I am mistaken on that um okay yeah only three and a half point favorite that's that's where it is either way uh we're gonna go with Denver here um, they are minus 3.5 or minus three and a half favorites against the Heat. I think they win this one pretty convincingly, so I like Denver in that spot. Tomorrow, the Stanley Cup final is back as the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Florida Panthers. I think Vegas being a slight underdog is a respe uh, respect play for the Panthers. I think it's whistling by the graveyard. I think Vegas has won this series already, and this is just kind of a victory lap. They're just so much better, and Florida gave it everything they had in game one, but they're starting to lose their minds a little bit. Moving to Thursday's CFL game, we've talked about it. I have way more faith in the BC Lions than I do the Stampeders. I don't think it's going to be much of a home field advantage for the Stamps coming up here on... Uh, on Thursday night at home, so I'm going to go BC straight up to win at plus 145. I have Saskatchewan on uh, Sunday covering a two and a half point spread against the Edmonton Elks, and I think Winnipeg wins their game by a ton, so I will gladly give up five points for that one. We will click track, and those are our picks. Five on today's ticket. And that is today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for the download. Thank you for listening. Um, as always, you can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. You can also find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, we are hoping to have a tribute to the great Iron Sheik coming out uh, a little bit later on this week, as well as Amanda Nunes' legacy look. A UFC 288 preview coming up on Friday and on Saturday. A recap of UFC 288. So, it is going to be a whole lot of fun. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you all later.